this uh, afternoon, uh, we're going to go through um, uh, something that I believe can change a church. Uh, now, everybody there who is watching you now thinking, well, Pastor Dan, you obviously lost your sanity. Can the church be changed? And the uh, reality is uh, experience showed us in many ways the church is almost impossible to change. But we always forget about the most important thing, and that is the God can change any heart. God can change any organization. And today I would like to suggest that the one way we can change the church we love so much and we are part of is through something that you and me called, called prayer. So now, uh, uh, my friends, uh, uh, I, I, I really do, did miss, uh, did we pray uh, before the service, before the uh, message or not? But if it's okay with you, let's just have a short word of prayer uh, for, uh, to ask for God's blessing. Dear God, thank you so much for this opportunity to spend this amazing time with the North England Conference young people and all those who join across. We want to ask for the blessing of Sam and the team who is putting the program together. We want to ask a blessing of Pastor Adam Brunman who is leading the conference, and we just want to ask that God uh, take us forward in your message. Amen. Amen. So uh, let me just see um, uh, if I'm right, there is not too many people in a Zoom, which means that, uh, you know, on whichever platform you're watching this right now, I would like you to use your fingers a little bit. Uh, you know, uh, you know. I know that you're multi, multi-screen generation. You're probably like checking something on a phone or whatever. I just want you to drop that for a second, and I just want to ask you a question. If it's okay, can you please write in the comment section, in the chat section, wherever you are, uh, how many people do you know got crucified and are remembered in the history of humanity? So how many people do you know that were crucified and are remembered in the history of humanity? So I can now stop and pretend I know and I can see your answers, but I can't. And so I still want you to write this down because maybe you do know some people there in the history which unfortunately uh, ended up their lives being crucified. And of course, uh, we will say as number one person that we know who died on a cross and was resurrected, let's not forget that part, uh, is Jesus Christ. And so that's number one. And of course, you know, that's one person. But if you think a little bit deeper, you will realize that whew, it's not easy. In fact, you might say, you know, you probably put some disciples down. Okay, well, congratulations. You know, that's probably point two. Uh, but um, if anybody else, you would struggle as I struggled. And this is where I want to take you. Just a few moments. There was a one more person in the Roman Empire, which was under the name of Spartacus. Spartacus was a, a gladiator, a story a well known. Uh, um, uh, Spartacus was a guy who uh, managed to, uh, uh, you know, run away from the slavery of the gladiators. Managed to inspire the army of slaves, which because Rome's economy was fueled by the slaves, and he gave them a hope, and he said, "We can fight Roman Empire, and we can win our freedom." Of course, uh, you know, uh, let me just tell you, uh, for a person who doesn't have a freedom, some of you didn't have too much freedom recently, you know, you would give everything to, for freedom. And so slaves rose and uh, the army was formed. And uh, guess what? Spartacus and his army of slaves and gladiators started winning, which is very bad news for Rome. Uh, Rome... Um, started panicking and guess what they did they did the best thing they could as they usually they send the legions of the soldiers and uh, and they fought spartacus and his army 
and the end they managed to stop and quench this rebellion. Of course, a sad part of the story is that uh, Spartacus and his closest men were captured and Rome to make sure, oh yes, Rome was very good in this, to make sure that this doesn't happen again, they decide to crucify Spartacus and his men on a road uh, um, which was leading towards Rome. And the historians of that time wrote that they were, you know, there were, there were hundreds of crosses uh, laid down, on, on, uh, you know, placed next to the road. So everybody who was passing would be seeing this horror and would be reminded what happens when you rise against Roman Empire. So now you're wondering why I'm taking you there. Well, let me tell you why. Because Rome, to make sure that you and me know this story, do you know what it did? And they, they called all the journalists, they called all the historians, philosophers, they called the guys who write the songs, and they said this, we want you to write this in the accounts, wherever you can, we want you to write the songs about this, we want you to write poems about this, we want you to make sure that this is duplicated in so many different places that nobody ever in the history of humanity will ever rise against Roman Empire. Wow. That, that's like being really thorough. <laughs> you can just imagine like newspapers for the next like, you know, three years, Spartacus dead on the cross, pretty much the main news. Uh, you know, if you touch the Rome, we'll do this to you. Uh, so now the real question that comes to us, and I maybe, maybe, you know, maybe you don't have time to think about this because you're very busy people. Yeah, we all are. Uh, you know, how in the world then we know about Jesus Christ? Well, now you're going to say to me, Pastor Dan, you obviously need to go to your Bible, and then you're right. But if there were no Gospels there, how we would know about Jesus Christ? Because let's be very clear about this. <laughs> Roman Empire didn't care. They did not call a press meeting and say, listen, we would like to you to write articles about Jesus Christ, uh, you know, the guy who calls him Savior. Uh, if it's possible. Uh, also, uh, let me remind you, at the stage when Jesus was uh, walking on this planet as a human being, uh, God, a human being, of course, um, uh, it's, uh, there, were, there, were there were 33 messiahs, uh, you know, so 33 people claimed to be messiah at that stage, just to let you know. And uh, we don't know any about them, you know, you know, you know, we don't know anything about them. And Rome actually hoped the same thing, well, this Jesus will come and die and and then when he dies, you know, people could have just stopped talking about this guy. Uh, um, Rome did not call historians and say, listen, we would like you to write this account about Jesus. Uh, on the other hand, the Jewish people really, you know, majority, well, let's just be clear about this, you know, rabbis and, you know, all these guys, you know, they were like, you know, we need to kill this guy because he's really messing us up. Uh, and so they didn't kind of want to know about Jesus Christ. And the reality is this. <laughs> this is so beautiful. This is reality. After two thousand years, people, uh, you know, or you know, I would say <laughs> probably close to two billion people uh, claim to be followers of Jesus Christ in this world. Let me let me just tell you this: if you stop for a second, you realize that the only reason why we know a story about Spartacus is because somebody wrote down the story. But the reality is, if there were no gospels, we would not know about Jesus Christ. But I would like to say even this. My friends, let me just tell you, gospel did not come straight after the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. There was some significant time between that. So how did this survive? How is it possible that Jesus' story survives? Because of, from these 33 messiahs, 
we, no, story did not survive. We don't know anything about this. And now you're going to say, well, he's God and he is the young, has a plan, whatever. Yes, that's right. But the only way I would suggest the story of Jesus Christ survived to today, you know, until, you know, the gospels came to life was by this thing. And that was people decided to share the story of Jesus Christ. You know what they did? They talked to each other. So before the Snapchat, the TikTok and other stuff, God actually, you know, people actually talk to each other. Are you talking to people? You need to, make, you need to talk to people. You know, you need to get off that. Otherwise, uh, you're gonna stop. You know, forget talking. Uh, you know, people simply just couldn't do the stuff that we can do today. So what they did is this: they went and they talked to each other. And and guess what? Every single time they would see somebody, and they was like, "Hey, I need to tell you the story about the man by the name of Jesus who was killed on the cross. He was crucified. He he was resurrected, and he promises to all of us that if we believe in him, if we are baptized in his name." that one day he will give us eternal life. And my friends, the story spread like a fire. This is the reason why we know about Jesus Christ, I would say. My friends, do you know that the Archbishop of Canterbury at one point said this, and it really scared the community of Anglican Church. He said this, he said is that, uh, do you know the Anglican Church is just a one generation before extinction? Uh, you would think the church of uh, about 200 million around the world will be very far away from the extinction. But the Archbishop simply said this, if you are not willing to share the story with somebody else about the Savior, love and grace of Jesus Christ, the story of him will die with you. And if the story of him dies with you, that means there'll be nobody else maybe to pass on the story. And we as a church might stop existing. Well, I'm not sure how to tell you this, but what we are about 20 million about 10 times smaller and i can certainly tell you that if you and me don't wake up we certainly are the large generation because i usually say this to people like you that you are truly our only hope church can change but it's not just about changing church it's about you pushing forward for jesus christ and spreading the gospel because if you became, if you become too busy, <clears throat> as we always, some, well, all majority of us do, and we forget that the real way to share the story through many you know, ways is telling somebody about him, we certainly are in danger of extinction. So today, my friends, if you remember, this is what I want to do. I want to share the way how we can change the church. And I believe it is through prayer. See, my friends, I truly believe that um, the way we, uh, the way that, that we pray truly determines that the church we are. In fact, it determines it determines us as a Christians and who we are. So, just a few moments, maybe you know, let's just analyze how we pray, if that's okay with you, my friends. Um, if you look how you pray and I pray, we find out in our life that majority of a prayer life is really centered about us. You know, in other words, if you, after you pray, you ask yourself a question, <laughs> you know, after you pray, who would benefit from that prayer? Uh, really, who would benefit from that prayer? You would come very quickly to the conclusion, it will be you, 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 and you, you know, pretty much, you know, it'll be me, 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 and me. Uh, because if you look how we pray, we really pray about us. Okay, let me just go for one example. We would usually pray for our family members, you know, put a hand up. If that's you, thank you. Uh, 
Uh, if you <laughs> then then we pray for a few of the maybe sick people. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, that's right. And then sometimes you know we would uh, actually pray uh, you know for somebody else, but really not too much about somebody else. I didn't even know, you know, I, my friend told me who was in prison, he said, Dan, do you know the Muslims, they have a rule that, you know, when they pray, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, from five things that they ask God from, four things have to be for somebody else, and then one thing for themselves, wow, when I had this, I was like, wow, but our prayers are like totally opposite, like, we pray four things first, and then like one thing for sister or brother, so and so, and that's pretty much where it stands. So, my friends, uh, then when I tell you this, then we are not so, then we, we don't get too surprised because, you know, the way we pray really determines us in church. We are, because you will see that if our prayers are, you know, inward focus, then uh, our church slowly but surely becomes inward focused church. Let me explain this to you. Is it not, is it not shocking? I'm, I'm actually a little bit shocked at the moment. Like the God in, in all of this, you know, all of this difficult time of COVID gave and pushed church to open their doors and minister to people in any way possible. But we still chose to worship behind closed Zoom. Did you notice this? So God has given us opportunity. And for the first time, we actually can't go to that building, which we like love so much. It's unbelievable. The, you know, God is saying like, no, 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 no. You can't go there anymore. But you need to figure out a way to spread the good news of my soon coming. And guess what? We create Zooms. We create these uh, Skypes and other stuff. And then guess what? We put a password on it. And, 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 you know, even Zoom was trying to help us. Like, you know, guys, you need to help us with Jesus, all right? Even Zoom made these three dots at the bottom where you click and just say go live on Facebook or YouTube. And we still chose. We still chose. Oh, yes, we did. We still chose to stay within the virtual walls because Jesus, because Jesus, you know, in some ways, like you need to do, you need to get out. And we're like, no, 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 no. We want to be in the box. Wow. I'm so sorry. Maybe I'm a little bit upset about this. I am, I think. And in all of this, we choose to still remain in the focus church. I fully agree that some churches should remain in the focus, you know, in some ways, because the program and content they're producing maybe not be at all, you know, but I believe that everybody has a story that they can share about Jesus Christ. And so, my friends, because we are praying this way, this is then we turn in because we have inward focus prayers, we become inward focused Christians. And then because of all of this, we become inward focused church. And guess what happens when you become inward focused church, my friend? This is what happens. <laughs> we start fighting each other. Oh, yeah. It's like then deacons don't like a deacons and you know, elder's wife doesn't like, like other elder's wife or, you know, and then pastor do this and that, and all these things. And guess what? Only reason for it's happening is because we have lost the focus and the focus should be outward focus to the community and people around us. Because let me just tell you, whichever church I knew that was outward focus, they had no time to fight. They did not care about elections. What they care about is just sharing the story of Jesus Christ. Guess what? Yes, they did replace curtains and carpets and didn't fight because they were just like, well, we have no time for this. We have to figure out the next way, how we can reach more people in our community. And my friends, this all comes from the way we pray. My friends, you know, I, I don't want to make fun of this, you know, but but sometimes we really have these weird prayers as well. <clears throat> I'm not saying that you should maybe, you know, maybe you should change it, but maybe if nothing else, you should update your prayer. Like do the updates, you know, you do update on your phone, man, every three days. 
So why you can't do the update on your on your prayer? So let's talk about this. Sometimes we pray these prayers like, dear God, protect me, keep me safe, all this stuff, put a dome, put a helmet above me, send me all angels so that God can be safe. Pretty much that's the prayers that we all constantly are praying for safety. That's for sure. You know, and, uh, and uh, in, in that prayer, you know, there's nothing wrong about it. You know, it's good to be safe. But, 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 but <laughs> my friends, but sometimes we pray for things that will happen. You know, I, I'm not saying God is not part of them, but, you know, you know, people usually like, oh, you know, you pray when they're about to drive the car and that's the right thing to do. But also God is giving you a brain and he's like, hey, you know, you want to be safe. Make sure you put a seatbelt, obey the speed limit. Make sure you keep your eyes focused. Yeah, things can happen. God's prayer, you know, praying to God is safe, but it's good. But but I would say, yeah, okay, okay. Then sometimes we pray, you know, I don't know about you guys. Like, yeah, I don't know, you know, sometimes we pray to things like this. Like we would say, dear God, help me do well in my exams. I think it's a great prayer. I think we should always pray. But I need to also tell you that atheists do extremely well in the exams. So my suggestion would be, again, on top of the prayer that you pray, that actually you actually sit down and study hard. Uh, I know people who told that, that through prayer, they can come to exam and pass exam. But but my friends, uh, if you want to pass exams, you know what you need to do? Yeah, you need to pray, that's for sure. But you need to spend some significant time on that chair studying and learning and then go for the exam and you will see how well you do it. Also, we also have some other crazy prayers. Like, for example, we would say like, you know, pretty much, you know, this is like a, we, we, we would sometimes like eat what we want and then we would pray and we would say, dear God, help me lose weight. Uh, like this is like officially known as a spiritual diet it's like i, I tried it doesn't work uh, you just need to you know you have no problem with god you know you have problems with your hands you just put too much too much food in your mouth you know just like you know dear god help my hands not put too much food in me yeah, that, that that might work but there's discipline as well god gave you discipline prayer you know is good and always welcome and necessary i would say but my friends I truly believe that in all of this that we do and we put the way we pray, I truly believe that at some stage, God is like a little bit like, come on, people. What about you pray for something really that matters? What about you pray some big prayers? What about you actually challenge me to come with you on this spiritual journey where you and me together can do some amazing things together through prayer? And I sometimes have a feeling like, like, yeah, God is like there. He loves us and, you know, has a good mom and a good dad. Or, you know, it's like, he's like, oh, my children, great stuff. But I'm sometimes feeling like, wow, God is like, come on, people do, you know, let's, 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 let's do something amazing together. Let's, you know, let's, let's, um, let's step one step forward in the faith and do some miracles. My friends, uh, if you have a kids. I don't know how many of you, maybe none, but one day you might have a kids. I just want to encourage you. And, and if you know somebody, please tell them this. You, you know, moms and dads have this terrible habit of saying to their kids, you know, before they go to sleep or whatever it is, did you say your prayers? In, like, in other words, they're like, did you, did you repeat the same thing you, should, you repeated yesterday? You know, what they're doing is they're killing the you know, ability and possibility of the young person to try to realize and see that their prayer is a part of relationship with God. You look, you know, like, oh, did you say your prayer? It's like, please don't do that because you are killing our spirituality of young people even before they came to the young adult group. So make sure you share this with people because 
sometimes it can be so damaging. And all of this, my friends, and all of friends, I still truly believe that if we are able to change our prayers, which are focusing just on us, but it's focusing on our community and the church we love, and actually the prayers are not so selfish and just so self-centered, I truly believe that as we change ourselves and our prayers first to outward-focused prayers, our church will change to be outward-focused church, and you will see truly what God can do through us. Okay. So now let's read some Bible, if that's right. I hope you have a Bible close by. If you don't, uh, 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 it's time to get it. Uh, yeah, it's not far away because you're at home. Don't find on no, no need, no excuses. If you're able to go get a sandwich while Pastor Dan is preaching, you can get a Bible. So um, <clears throat> yeah, uh, nobody's gonna judge you for that uh, for munching while preaching uh, uh, is happening. But but we need to get a Bible. So Acts four, uh, Acts four. <laughs> Uh, let me just see. I think we're going to Acts 4. I'm just trying to find scripture right, right now. I was preaching without these notes. Uh, here it is. All right. I think it's Acts 4, uh, uh, verse 8. I will read this for you. He says, Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders. Oh, maybe we should go a few verses earlier. Okay. So maybe, you know, maybe I just give you the background. It might be faster. And so what happens is um, Peter and John are walking around the synagogue. Just let me just tell you this. This is so beautiful. Holy Spirit just came on people of Jesus. I love it. They went to the Jerusalem and they're like, they're baptizing like so much. They're baptizing so much that actually if they knew how much they're going to be baptizing, they will all have a gym membership. Because like just putting people in the water, but like you know, it's like I, I baptized like three people. I'm like I'm I'm getting tired. These guys are baptizing hundreds, thousands of people. Can you imagine this? Like, like after the, all the baptisms, like everybody was like, you know, muscles just from that. And so after this, um, Peter and John are coming to a synagogue. I love it. This is great. <clears throat> and as they're coming there, there is a lame man, okay? Lame man who is disabled sitting there next to the door. And the man says, hey guys, do you have some, do you have some money? And, and Peter and John, they're like, if you ask for something else, yeah, but no, no, not money. <laughs> and, and this guy who's sitting there, you know, the Bible doesn't give him the name, but let's just for sake of this being more interesting for all of us, let's call him George. So George is disabled sitting down, you know, and he's like, hey guys, give me some money. And Peter and John are like, no, we, we don't have money, but we have something better. Hey, George is like, I really need money. And Peter and John are like, hey, okay. Uh, what we can do is we can pray and uh, you know maybe maybe god will give you back your your legs the guy was not able to walk 40 years and so they do this prayer and and the, guy, and the lame guy george like he, he after prayer he's like he, he suddenly starts feeling feeling the muscles that he didn't feel for 40 years he's like um, you know sometimes we sit in a zoom meeting for so long that we forget about our legs and the moment we stand up our legs like celebrate they're like yeah i can move can you imagine this after 40 years sitting on the floor and somebody just like you know you know you know being really kind of it's really these people don't sit there because they want to be this they had to otherwise they wouldn't survive and it's just after 40 years he feels the muscles moving a little bit and george pushes himself for the first time and as he pushes his legs stretch and and george is like it's a leg and he's like yeah it's like you know Bible doesn't say too much of what happened next, but I can tell you what happened. I can tell you because this is what I would do. So this is not in the Bible. If I didn't walk for that long, man, I would, I would like, I would start a jogging club in Jerusalem. That would be like a first jogging club. You know, George, the jogging club in Jerusalem. I think that that fits well. 
I would just run. And I have a feeling George is like, Pew! like Forrest Gump, um, all the way around Jerusalem. And they're like, who's this guy? Because in Jerusalem, I'm sure there were not too many people running. And these, are pew, 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 pew. And these guys are like, yeah. And they're like, is that George? And they're like, yeah, that's George. And the George was running because he was celebrating what God has done for him. And what happens next is this Peter and John uh, uh, are there and all the commotion happens and and what happens is they started preaching the sermon in the middle of the synagogue. And the sermon, sermon went the way maybe it should have not went. But if you are follow Jesus Christ, this is the only thing you can do. And so what Peter comes inside, he says, hey, the rulers and... Uh, you know, Jews and all these guys there, like, listen, you know, we are here to tell you about a man that you crucified. And they're like, wow, that's the wrong way to go. Because guess what? These people were dead. They, they remember this. They remember this. He says, we are here because there was the man who God sent, who was the cornerstone of church that you rejected. And you're like, okay, this is like Pastor Dan, like I make a mistake and he walks into a Catholic church just behind the corner and start preaching about Sabbath. This is exactly what is happening. And, and they're like, oh, what's happening? And not only that, God, you know, God-filled people can't keep this for themselves. And he's like, I need to tell you about this. And he goes and he preaches about all of this, about crucifixion, about his death, about his resurrection. And you can just imagine because these guys were there when they voted Jesus to be crucified. You know, in other words, let me just tell you, when the vote took place, you know, so for everybody who is on social media, Jesus lost popularity contest. So when Jesus stood there and there was this ugly guy, Barabbas, who killed so many people, you know, guess what? Jesus lost, Jesus lost this, 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 this contest, popularity contest to the man who was a true murderer. That this is how bad it is. And this is the world we live in, by the way. And they are there and they're all upset. And in all of this, they call them in, in front of the Sahedron. And now we read the Bible. This is beautiful passage. So then Peter, uh, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to account today for account of kindness. So they're now being called because of George. And George, guess what? <laughs> He's still running. I um, <clears throat> act of kindness. <laughs> uh, here it is. Um, uh, showing to a man uh, who was lame and uh, being asked how he was healed. This is it. Then know this. You are, you are all people of Israel. It is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead. This is now going downhill. Yes, big time. Not for, well, for everybody, actually. Uh, but Peter John don't see it that way. It's a... Uh, <clears throat> Uh, so here it is. Jesus is the stone you build is rejected, which has become the cornerstone. And then watch this, verse 12. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under the heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. This is like you just have a really big gun and you're just shooting one of your foot for sure because these guys, they, they killed Jesus. Let me, let me you know, maybe you forgot about it. They killed Jesus and they're going kill, to kill you. It says... Uh, and my friends, and it goes on and reads this. He said, well, studying. when they saw the courage of uh, Peter and John and realized that they were uh, unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. But since they could uh, see the man who had been healed, so in other words, George just came back from jogging. 
So, so George is in the corner, stretching his leg at the moment because he's like, I just run 10 miles as you guys talk for two minutes. Uh, and then uh, with them, uh, there was nothing they could say. So they ordered them to withdraw from Sahedron and uh, then uh, 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 something else. <laughs> what are we going to do with this man? That's right, they're having a meeting themselves. Everybody in Jerusalem now knows what Peter and John did. Uh, but to stop this thing from spreading any further, well, 17 among people, we must warn them to speak no longer anymore in his name. So in other words, they're like, get a big bucket of shut up because we don't want to hear Jesus anymore, okay? Then they call them in again and command them not to speak, to teach uh, about Jesus. But Peter and John replied, which is right, <laughs> which is right in God's eyes to listen to you or to him, you be the judge. As for us, we cannot stop speaking about, uh, about uh, Jesus. Uh, and then we find in verse 21, after, you know, we could, we'll stop there. After all of this, guys, let me just tell you, Peter and John, who not only, not only were willing, you know, you know did miracle for Jesus with, with George, that they were punished, by the way, that night because they were put in a prison just to sue a little bit. Because, you know, if you don't spend some time thinking about life, then you are prone to make the same mistake. So good uh, good rabbis uh, decide, well, we'll give them time to think. They put them in a the prison. And after the prison uh, night, they spent, you know, churches actually believe not had prisons. Um, uh, after that night spent, they, they came back. And, uh, and that's what they said. They said, hey, guys, you need to do what you need to do and we need to do what we need to do because we cannot stop speaking about this man our god and savior jesus christ wow it's not easy after you just get imprisoned <clears throat> to come back and actually just tell them exactly the same way you just told them a few days yesterday and my friends, the story simply goes further on in the 21. After further threats, you know, so Jewish people, uh, rabbis and Sahedron, they obviously had a list of threats. They had 613 laws. I'm sure they had about 3,000 threats on the list as well. After, after further threats, they let them go and they could not decide how to punish them because all the people were praising God for what had happened. George is there. He's like, yeah, I love Jesus. For the man who was miraculously healed was over, over 40 years old, and they knew there could not be anything else than a miracle of Jesus Christ that healed this man. My friends, what is very interesting is that when Peter and John come back, and they actually do come back to the, you know, the house where they met, all the believers thought that they're going to be dead because if they kill Jesus, they're going to kill Peter, Peter John. And let me remember that these are the two main characters of the Christian church, the beginning of the movement called The Way. We were not called Christians. There was a, The Way. And, you know, they were there, and they, 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 they just simply could not believe. When they opened the door, the Peter and John were there. And guess what, my friends? When they came in, they celebrated because they also knew that was a miracle, miracle as well. But uh, if you, we stop here for a second, if we if we were there in the first part of the first part of the Christian movement, uh, you know, I'm sure at some stage we would probably say, "Listen, you know, Peter and John, from now on you cannot travel together, you know, because that's what happens, you know, in the countries. Prime minister and, and president can't travel together. You know, the president and the prime minister can't travel together because if they get killed, it's terrible stuff. So I'm sure we will like come up with the rules straight away. We're like, okay, you do not travel together. We need to get some, uh, you know, we need to get some uh, tinted glass uh, vehicles 
we need some people with the wires on the you know in the ears and we need to make sure that you are safe all the time uh you know potentially you need to wear a helmet and also you know i'm sure i have a feeling we would do this as well we would actually tell to peter john we were like hey peter john you need to tone down the rhetorics <laughs> because because you're gonna get a skill oh not just you uh you see you need to talk a little bit less about crucifixion and about our word you know we you know they don't want to hear about resurrection so if it's possible let's talk about something else you know something you know let's go through fundamental beliefs uh they didn't have them at that stage but um oh let's talk about love love is important you know let me just tell you i think it's more important than we give it to you know how important it is or something else let's let's talk about creation but jesus let's not talk about resurrection you know guys let's talk about jesus death and resurrection too much because we are really upsetting people do you know what happens next uh, in all this <clears throat> didn't do that but peter john called the moment and he says this hey guys uh, let's let's pray and here it is this is the most important part i want to share this with you he says when they heard this uh, <clears throat> when they heard this they raised uh, their voices together in prayer to god listen that's what 24 sovereign lord they said you made the heavens and the earth and the seas and everything them in other words they just admitted they're like god we know your creator and god and then verse 25 you spoke by holy spirit to the mouth of your servants of father david why do the nations rage and the, and the peoples plot in vain the kings of the earth raise up and rulers and uh, rulers band together against the lord and against anointed one and verse 27 indeed herod and pontius Pilate together with the gentiles and the people of israel in the city to conspire against your holy servant jesus whom you anointed and then in verse 28 they did this explain what happens and then the verse 29 says this now lord consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with a great boldness. Let me read the last time. In 29, now the Lord consider the threats and enable your servants to speak your word with a great boldness. Now you and me are thinking, Peter and John lost it. They just spent a night in the prison talking about boldness. They didn't only do that, they 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 preached in a wrong place. They preached in a synagogue about Jesus. And they really bashed him, you know, not with the Bible, but with the truth. Then they got threatened and they still came back and they said, <laughs> you need to do what you need to do. But we need to do what we need to do. And they come out of this. They come back to the house and they pray to God and they say this, dear God, help us have more courage help us have more boldness so we can share your beautiful story and you and me are thinking you guys you have boldness 100 that point is checked maybe you should pray for something else but peter and john they're like no what we need more is we need more heart and courage so we can share the story with people around us and my friends, this afternoon, I want to ask you and encourage you maybe to add that one word to your prayer. Maybe I believe, in fact, that, that if we would start praying for boldness in our life to share Jesus Christ, that we would actually be sharing Jesus' story further away from us.
I truly believe that if we in our churches started praying and we were saying, dear God, bless this Northampton church, this Manchester church, this, 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 you know, whatever church, and give us more boldness to share. I truly believe that the Holy Spirit and God himself will give you the courage and the boldness and open the doors, the windows, the, the uh, browsers, whatever is necessary for you to share the story of Jesus Christ. My friends, when I started praying for the boldness in my life and I started praying for opportunity to share Jesus' story with people, you need to know that every single day, God has opened a one or two doors for me to share the story of Jesus Christ. You should actually have a journal. Start a journal, you will see. When you start praying, say, dear God, give me boldness, you will see actually that there is more courage and give me opportunity. You will see God will give you encouragement and opportunity to share the story of Jesus Christ. So my friends, in all of this, let me once again remind you that if we continue praying the inward-focused prayers, we'll become inward-focused church, in, in, in Christians, and certainly in inward-focused church. But if we started praying for people around us, and we started praying for the boldness, we start praying for the for the for the courage and 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 also opportunity, and, and start praying for our communities, as we become outward-focused Christians, we will slowly but surely change to our church to, to become outward-focused church. And if you do this in your corner, and I do it in mine, we will be able to change the world. Because if you change the world where you live, and I change the world where I live, the world will be changed through the miracle of Jesus Christ, through his word. And I believe, dear God, I believe that dear God will give us that courage that is necessary to do so. So God bless you. And thank you so much uh, for having me today with you. Amen.